Hi, thanks for joining us today. I'm here with Kylie Williams, who's a highly specialist pharmacist in medication safety and palliative care at the Wirral University Teaching Hospital, and also Emma Hall, who's the lead, um, lead pharmacy technician for medication safety at um, Gateshead NHS um, Foundation Trust. So we're here to discuss um, the Valproate response for um, acute district general hospitals. So we are all aware that it is everyone's problem. We all need to be part of the solution to make Valparate use safer for all of our patients. But we know that that does vary depending on what sector you work in. So we're going to have a discussion today about the specifics and how this can affect acute um, general hospitals. So how have these regulations affected acute general hospitals, Kylie? What's, what do you feel has um, been the impact for your service? Well, personally, we found it quite challenging because within our hospital, we rarely initiate valproate, uh, particularly you know, in women. Um, we're not the specialist centre, so we're often having to refer to those specialist centres or teams. And However, I do believe that as an acute trust, um, we can appreciate that we do need to be part of the solution and support the system response so we can help with that. What have the barriers been? Um, what, you know, can you share with us? We know that this isn't easy. This is why we're we're trying to provide all this support. But what have the barriers been in um, acute uh, district general hospitals? I think staff engagement has been a key issue. Um, and, you know, as I've said, um, we rarely see um, the initiation side of things. So getting that staff engagement to see it as their responsibility has been a key issue because they kind of see it as, well, it's this, this is the responsibility of the specialists or the GP. Why are we um, doing this? But I do think that needs to be an expectation that we can support with this at the point at MedRec. Um, this can be difficult as we don't see it very often. It's challenging to remember to do it because our focus is sometimes is making sure the critical meds are prescribed and administered on time and getting that supply to the patient. So it can be really hard just, you know, instilling how important this is. Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? It's getting that message across it's everyone's responsibility and when you see it so infrequently it's easy to forget now i know that there have been some innovative um solutions that um organizations have developed and emma gateshead has has been one of those centers can you just tell us briefly about the um system that you've set up yeah so we have um quite a few um systems in place as a barrier for patients on sodium valvate um with Kylie on this one, um, keeping it on the agenda seems to be a, a massive task. Um, every We have um, monthly medicine safety bulletins that go around. So every now and again, I may try to drop it in there just to keep it, remind people that the, the, the process is still there. So yeah, so um, we get daily reports we have set up. Uh, we get daily notifications of patients coming into hospital on whether they're female or male, um, and it, it and any age, um, and we filter from them the patients that we need to target to make sure they've got a up to date RF form and PPP in place. Um, the only thing with this, there's a the, the technology and with it, we rely on the, these patients of having a prescribed if it's not being prescribed in A and E, then that that patient won't show up on our report. So. That um, that's a bit of a, 
barrier there. Um, however, we have got a ward dashboard that we can save this information to on Jack Well Sky. So if a patient's previously been in on sodium valberate, we can save it as part of their um, records. And when they're, if they're readmitted into hospital, we'll get a clinical um, note saying that the, this patient is on sodium valberate. So that's a second um, barrier that we've got in place. Also, MedsRec, um, we've got a sodium valberate SOP um, directing pharmacy technicians and pharmacists to find this information from a patient's HIE. Um, once that's been confirmed and it moves on to the prescribing stage, a alert comes up on WellSky for the prescriber to also check. Um, if, if these um, forms are in place, um, and also following on, if it's ordered in pharmacy, at the clinical uh, sorry, the clinical check and dispensary, um, it'll be checked there as well. So we've got um, one, two, three, four, five, six um, stages where we can prevent a patient not having an ARAF form. So I think that's that's really interesting, isn't it? We're saying this is everyone's responsibility, but I think by the fact that you've got six points where there's you know a safety net it just shows that this is really tricky um and that multiple safety nets are needed and it's you've got a bit of a toolkit haven't you to to support yeah. the, the safe use which um for any of our listeners who use WellSky, um i'm sure emma will be happy to um explain how how this has been set up um kylie so i know that you use cerna um, can you explain to us a little bit about the, the safety nets that you use using the CERNA functionality? Yeah, of course. We have like a, a well-established med safety team at Warford, so quite a large team. So we have a daily report that's run and any female aged between eight, eight to 55 that's prescribed valproate or valproic acid, we will get a report that's um, generated and sent to the medicine safety inbox. And our admin within our team will then email reminders to our pharmacists where those patients and what, what wards they're on will um, be reminded that there's a patient on their ward prescribed valproate and can you please check as part of the drug history or medrec process if that form has been completed um, and if it hasn't been completed we then prompt on the discharge letter to the GP please can you check this so that's what we do um, there um, so it's similar to what Emma was saying, really. So we're quite lucky that we can generate those reports through our electronic prescribing system. Yeah. And again, you said um, about letting the GP know. I think with all of the um, resources we've got for Valproate, it's about the pathways and where you can refer to and not letting um, patients slip through the net. And I know that one thing I struggle with is if you do find someone that doesn't have um, an in-date ARAF form, it's having being able to get that information to the specialist. So I know that we have um, good links with our mental health trust and with the local neurology specialist centre, um, but they're not formal referral pathways. It's just because we um, we know the um, the staff working there. So we've got um, a contact to be able to then say this patient might be slipping through the net. But again, um, notifying the GP so it's on the record. Um, 
provides some documentation doesn't it that yeah we've we've done something but it is about i think ideally we would all like some formal referral processes where anyone within the system can refer in um rather than relying on sort of individual staff contacting each other no absolutely the system just doesn't support that yet and and i know with some um GP surgeries through summary care record on the patient's banner. It will say that you know that um, RF form has been completed, but that's not 100% uptake across the country. So you, you you can't be assured that that's happening for every patient either. So it can be difficult. Yeah, but having that information face up, so whichever setting that you move into, and you know summary care record can be viewed by community pharmacy if all staff can view that information which says when the um, RF form needs um, a review is really reassuring for everyone, isn't it? Definitely. So I think also we need to talk about um, the new the changes to regulations for men. So how has that affected um, you within the hospital, Kylie? It's been a real challenge, I think, especially on the ground. I don't think that information is definitely getting disseminated down to, you know, everyone on the wards in A&E. I know that within my own trust, we've had a case recently of a young gentleman being started on Fralpoate and the pharmacist challenged it. And the doctor who was a acute consultant wasn't aware of the new guidance because that information hadn't reached him yet. Um, so it can be a real, real challenge at the moment, getting that up to date guidance to everyone that needs to know about it yeah well you with your reports emma i know that you know your reports pulling men at the moment anyway have you, you got any plans with that um i think it was a bit of an eye-opener saying it because at first we just had it with female on but we found it wasn't pulling the correct data so we ended up changing it where we got the best potential of the data, putting the males on there before any of these guidance had changed. And it was quite um, interesting to see how many more younger males are on it than females. Um, so I think whilst we've got a, a, a small proportion of women on it, I think now putting it across to males, it's going to be a bigger job. Yeah. Um, so we are I, I am identifying males coming through however we've, we haven't got a system in place yet um of how we target these or what we do when we do target these gentlemen i think it's a bit that unknown isn't it that none of us know actually how how many is that going to affect um kylie what are your what's your organization and the plans um for um, providing that safety net for men who are initiated valproate. So in our in my trust, we're actually exploring um, a pop-up alert on our electronic prescribing system because we realise now that even though we do generate a daily report, it's not fit for purpose for men. It's a good safety net for women, but it won't tell us if that valproate's been newly started for men. So it's not fit for purpose when it comes to the new guidance for men. Um, and we are aware that a pop-up is not the answer for everything it's on balance with the alert fatigue and it won't be a hard stop so it won't provide us that 100 assurance but it is um a training opportunity for for clinicians that will be initiating and prescribing valproate and um, we just need to ensure there's going to be concise information on there with what the expectations are for that prescriber um, and the alert will be for oral valproate only because we don't want to delay you know critical treatments if a patient is in like status um, 
but we also need to ensure a, a key communication for transfer of care. So if you've got a patient who is on IV valproate, if that patient then goes on to oral valproate, we then need to make sure that there's specialist involvement and we need to be able to police that as well. Yeah, again, coming back down to, it's about really clear communication, isn't it, between yeah. um, all parts of the, the patient's journey? Yeah, definitely. And that's going to be really hard to police. So we, we haven't ironed out all the details, but we do feel like an electronic alert will support the safety of this. Yeah, definitely. Oh, thank you so much for, for joining me today. I think that was a really good discussion. I think it's clear that we haven't got all the answers, but we have managed to find some solutions which do make Valproate safer and although that our organizations are not big users of valproate we are still key in being that safety and um, support system um for the patients so thank you so much for for joining me today thank you thank you